Welcome to another episode of the Relax Just Love podcast. I have the pleasure to be sitting with Alyssa Wallen. She is an undergrad in public relations at the University of Texas. And her and I met through IVFF, so the International Vegan Film Festival. You reached out to me to have an interview or a podcast with the creator of the festivals, basically. And his name escapes me right now. His name is Sean. Sean Yeah, Exactly. Man, he's a great dude. How are you doing? So how are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm glad we could connect and talk on this platform because, yes, I did originally meet you um, by reaching out to you uh, on behalf of my boss, to have my boss on the show to talk about um, the International Vegan Film Festival. How did that happen, by the way? Because the International Vegan Festival is in Ottawa, which is, I'm going to be there tomorrow. And you are from Texas, so nowhere close to (laughs) Ottawa. So how did that happen? Yes. So the internship is completely remote. And um, actually, my mom, who's vegan as well, uh, was looking through a local, like, vegan Facebook group. And I guess Sean had gone and posted this job listing in multiple vegan Facebook groups. And she was like, oh, like, I think you would be be perfect for this. And I applied and interviewed with Sean and got the job. So yeah, it's completely remote. Although I would love to visit Ottawa someday. It's boring. It's a boring town. Well, it's a, um, it's a government town. Oh, okay. So I've lived there for about 15 years, so I know how it is, but it is, yeah, it's boring. It's boring. It's everybody works at the government. So okay. there's it an expression like- that's, you know, there's an expression. They say that they roll up the sidewalks after nine o'clock. At night. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like the vegan community is pretty decent there. Like, yeah, I think so. I I wasn't vegan when I lived down there, so that was still a while ago. So oh, I don't. Okay. I know where I'm from near Montreal. Montreal is crazy for that, though. The vegan scene there is incredible. Can't see that being the case of Texas, though. Is it just me that has false uh, expectations, <laughs> or the vegan scene is not very big? Well, you know, here in Austin, it is pretty big, which oh, is. Yeah? amazing um which is why i think it's a great place to visit if you're gonna come to texas but where i grew up a couple hours away from here it's a very small college town and can't say the same about the (laughs) vegan community there although i don't i don't really know what it's like these days It, it could have more options now i don't go back very often um there's always chipotle which is nice but uh beyond that not a lot. The do they have so and as a Canadian that's never been to Texas, I imagine that everybody wears uh short short jean shorts with cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. This is how I see the women there dressing. Uh does that mean there's full leather cowboy boots and cowboy hats? Is that how you're, it is? You're not entirely wrong. <laughs> okay. I like it. In, like in some in some areas it really is like that yeah but um in austin it's very it's very modern here still with a slight texas flair of course because we are in texas but 
it's a lot more modern i i don't know but there's something beautiful about a woman wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat i don't know what it is but i do have some for special <laughs> Not gonna lie. but but they're all vegan i got them before i was vegan yeah so, unfortunately no but if i were gonna buy new ones i think there are some vegan western wear companies oh there has to be there has to be i have doc Ma- everything now right? i have doc martens that are vegan they're twice the price of real doc martens yeah. but they are st- they are vegan yeah well i have family members who are in the cattle industry and the animal agriculture industry in general so i'm not too far removed from that kind of a lifestyle that must make for interesting conversations at around dinner yeah holidays can be hard sometimes for sure most of the time they just kind of ignore it or don't engage there are some slight jokes occasionally Um, thankfully my mom is vegan as well so that helps a little bit (laughs) so they still mess they still mess around with you yeah just things like oh plants have feelings or I mean they they won't say it directly to me but I'm a little bit more outspoken uh, about my veganism on my social media and so if my family members see that they'll go and talk to my mom about it, which is kind of funny because she's vegan as well. But they'll be like, oh, she's directly impacting our industry. You know, this is, we're good people. We've always done this. Like, this is how we make money. Um, that kind of a thing. So, you know. <laughs> Do you not find that a bit of a lazy answer when people say that? Oh, it's always been that way. So this is our livelihood. This is the way it's always been done. So we continue that without questioning. And if they're in the cattle industry, they're there. Like they're facing to the problem. They must know that something's not right. Or do they? I think it is a a lazy answer, but I, I get why people feel that way. Like, because they're they've done it their whole lives and they don't they just can't make the connection that what they've done for their entire lives is bad and it's it's really hard for people to come to terms with that and even begin to think about changing but something my dad always told me growing up was what you just said like you shouldn't just always do things the same way they've been done just because that's the way they've always been done and unfortunately, he's not vegan, but I, I did make that point to him recently that he would tell me that growing up. <laughs> so I think that maybe, that maybe got him thinking a little bit. So when we say cattles, they're, so they sell the, the beasts or the animal when they're still alive. Yes. Um, there are like livestock auctions yeah. and and um yeah my family members that do that are in that industry like for example my grandfather will have maybe like 10 cows at once and then yes he'll just send them to an auction and doesn't really know about what happens to them after that but uh i have another family member who's on the texas beef council so he knows (laughs) i yeah that's the thing 
how because because that's interesting what you're saying because if you have your grandfather for example that has 10 cattle does he treat them right does he are they out in the field eating grass the way they naturally should be eating or how, how how's that relationship between your grandfather and his cows so i i don't think he's particularly like forming relationships with them or anything or particularly nice in fact i do think they're quite frightened um of him and they're they're not very well socialized but i interact with cows at farm sanctuaries sometimes who are very well socialized so it's hard to tell the difference exactly but they do live on a very large um area of land and so the cows do get to do their their cow thing while they're alive thankfully um we have or i have with other activists gone to disrupt livestock auctions in texas which i would imagine would greatly upset uh my grandfather if he were to attend one of those and it's just a bunch of people there that look exactly like him but a little bit different um they're not happy about it but i think it's time for them to realize that change is happening they they have see see the part that kind of gets me is that there's a choice it's not like eating i could have understood 150 years ago 200 years ago when right. there wasn't really any options but in today's world where there's so many so many alternatives to be not only is there so many alternatives but the information that shows what actually happens to those animals because they're not treating right they're not treated right nobody can say that they they live the way they're supposed to be lived and they definitely aren't killed the way they should die either it's yeah it must make for i don't know how i would deal with that in your situation yeah sitting at the table with I'm not. I, I'm not judgmental when it comes to that stuff. I try to let everybody do what they what they want to do as long as it doesn't directly impact me. But that must make for very interesting conversations. Yeah, unfor- I and I wish we could have those conversations, um, but I think my family kind of just suppresses that and doesn't really want to have an open dialogue about that sort of thing. I hope I can have that kind of dialogue with them someday but until then my mom and I will just keep bringing our our vegan meals <laughs> to family gatherings and uh sometimes if we bring like an extra couple of sides or something that we've veganized they'll eat some of that which is nice uh I don't know if they know that it's vegan but they might not who cares good. though yeah who cares if they didn't how so go back to what you were saying earlier you so your mother found a posting from sean for the ivf yeah Yeah, and obviously he chose you that's yeah how did it go how how, (laughs) because what they do is incredible i absolutely love what they do how was it to work with them yeah so i'm actually still interning there i i originally signed a three-month contract uh to, to work with them during the busy festival season. And um, so I run all of their social media. I do pitches to podcast hosts like you. 
I write press releases, I design t-shirts, all sorts of stuff, um, which I really love getting all different kinds of marketing and PR experience. Um, but yeah, after those three busy months, Sean just kind of asked if I would stay on and continue to stay up to date with uh, different tasks that they have marketing wise and social media wise. So do you get to speak to some of the the people that produces those documentaries? Do you interact with them? Uh, through social media, yes, but not so much directly um, right now. Because I know Sean introduced me to Sean Munson from Earthlings, which he's the man. Oh, he's yeah. the That's the documentary that made me stop eating meat like 12 years ago. Wow. It's... What a great thing was, and he's the one that offered it. Sean's a great guy for that. We're just talking. We talked about the things. Hey, you'd like to meet that guy? I'm like, uh, yeah, of course I would. Yeah. Yeah. Sean has some great contacts. And uh, I know uh, the Sean you're talking about now, I believe he had some involvement, maybe produced one of the films that was uh, submitted last year to IVFF. Sean, uh, Sean Monson is his last name yeah i would imagine so he's still producing a bunch of movies it's just that i know him through earthlings like that's the documentary yeah. that's the first real animal cruelty documentary that came out like what 18 right. 17 right. years ago or something like that so he he kind of changed he put something out there that did not exist before him so right it's it's missing some information compared to a thing like Dominion, like Dominion pretty much copied and went a hundred percent vegan. Like they didn't talk about the, they didn't talk about the dairy industry. They didn't talk about byproducts per se, mm -hmm. but what a brutal documentary to watch when you don't know what to expect. Cause back then I'm like, Oh, that's a documentary about animal cruelty. Yeah. I did not expect to see what I saw. Yeah. And Thankfully, that's there's still filmmakers that are continuing to create those films, and IVFF gives a really amazing platform to those filmmakers. Oh, it's incredible what he does. I was so happy to hear that he does that right here out of Ottawa. It's absolutely great. And I are they considered the biggest internet the, the biggest film festival when it well vegan film festival at least? I believe. Well, yeah, it's definitely the biggest. And um, yeah, so also, as I'm sure he told you, they have film, photography, cookbook. That, yeah, that that's the three categories right now. But they are the biggest. They are the biggest vegan yeah. film platform. Yes, yes. That's good for you. That's great experience that you're getting because there's... I never heard about it before you introduced me to him. And again, what he's doing is absolutely great. I think that the more exposure the veganism movement get, the better, obviously. And it's great for you, great experience to be able to get that right off the bat when you're still at university. You're not even done yet and you're getting that experience. So that's great for you. Right. Yeah. It's really cool to connect with vegans and all different types of professions all over the world it, it is great networking and uh now we're actually focusing on their world tour so i'm 
helping to plan a world tour stop here in Austin. So they're, they're going to start doing um, in person again? Uh, yeah. So we had the annual festival that was held virtually yeah. uh, back, back in October, early November. And then um, now people that are interested anywhere in the world can contact Sean and set up a in-person event. So pretty cool. So what's the idea? They're going to be, produ- they're going to be re-showing some of the movies from November, from October, November, or they're going mm-hmm. to, pre- they're going to be showing new stuff or it's, it's very similar to what they did. Yeah. So each event host can choose kind of what films they want to show. I think I'm going to show like a series of the short films and yeah, we're going to host it at a local farm sanctuary and get people out to watch some of these films. Do you bring in that many people like in Austin? Cause you said, is it going to be in Austin? Yeah. So how many people do you think are going to show up? I'm hoping for around 50. 50 as in five zero. Yeah. So what's the amount of people that normally shows up? Like not just in Austin, but when they do the world tour, for example, how many yeah. people per event show up? You know, I don't know if he's actually done um, world tour stuff yet because okay. of COVID. I think there were plans to do it. He has had in-person IVFF events held in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't know how many people attended those. Because this is what I, I tend to forget that we're still a very small, a very, very small onset of the population because all my right. social media is de- dedicated to that. Right. Yeah. I, I know I'm the same way. Like sometimes I just follow so many vegans that I'm scrolling through social media and I'll see someone's food post and I'm like, oh, okay, what's this? And I'm like, oh, what? That's not vegan? who even posts non-vegan food anymore that's ridiculous yeah it always amazes me that i live in a very remote place so Mm -hmm. and my girlfriend and i are both uh are both vegans but yeah it's one of those things that i I take it so for granted now that when i get out and i see how the world actually is it reminds me that what is it 97 percent of people are not vegan like there's only like three or 3.5 percent yeah. at least in north america that are vegan i t- i tend to forget about that yeah i do too i do kind of live in my little vegan bubble sometimes what's your um what do you think having seen uh what ivff does um what would you think is the best way to influence people to kind of because considering you're in a you're in a i don't want to say weird but you're in a special situation where you have family members that are that deal directly with the cattle industry Mm -hmm. and then you are you also work for the biggest vegan film festival on the other side how how would you think or what do you think is the best way to influence those people that might not know about veganism or that might not be interested actually in veganism so i always think it's best to target people who are going to be the most susceptible to it, which is 
you know, why I don't tend to engage with my family members who are deeply ingrained within the industry. I always think it's best to, to find and market to people who are the most open-minded, who are already caring about climate change, who do care about animals, and who just want to have a positive impact on the world. But how do you find those online, for example? Because technology, right. especially social media, allows us to target people online. How, how, do, you, how do you find those people? Well, um, Google ads are, are really helpful for targeting demographics, which is nice. Um, but yeah, just like searching through hashtags, like, and then, you know, engaging with people who are commenting on our posts, uh, engaging with people that comment on or engage with farm sanctuaries or comment on cute videos of cows or something, you know? Because a lot of people will like those types of videos, but then not necessarily make the connections that those are the same animals that they're eating. That's true. That is very true. The, yeah, it's, because um, I've done a lot of ads. I've done a lot of targeting. It's not that easy to find where those vegan curious people hang out, if I can say it that way. Yeah, so we kind of, We'll use hashtags and uh, engage with uh, people who use like the health hashtag or the yoga hashtag or plant-based hashtag kind of things, things like that, where those kinds of people might be hanging out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long shot most of the time. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I've found on my personal page that. Uh, just being consistent, posting about animal rights, posting, you know, what I'm eating, just doing that on, on an ongoing basis so people can see that it is sustainable and that it's not a fad diet and that I'm doing it long term. And I think over time, I mean, I get messages almost every day of people asking, like, how they can go vegan or how they can be more plant-based. Did you, did it start for you because of your mother? Did your mother become vegan before you did? And then yeah. you thought it made sense so you followed in her footsteps? So I would say actually that we, we both went plant-based first, meaning that we were just in it for health reasons. So my mom has rheumatoid arthritis okay. and she began um, with an online program called the Patterson program. Um, and it's guy and he promotes like a very low fat plant-based diet and kind of has built a community to help support people with rheumatoid arthritis and other autoimmune diseases. So she started doing that. And then um, she came out to visit me when I lived in California. And it had been a couple of weeks for her already that she had done it because she just didn't want to be on the medications for life. She was experiencing really bad symptoms and just needed something to try at least to feel better. So I was really supportive of her doing that. And I just um, decided to hop on and do it with her while she was visiting me. 
because at the time I actually was experiencing like early onset symptoms uh, of arthritis. And I don't, I'm, I have not been diagnosed with arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis, but it was just kind of those early onset symptoms that she told me that she had uh, when she was my age. So I was like, you know what? I'm in Los Angeles. It seems pretty easy to do here. I've always kind of been interested in it, but it seemed difficult. But once I had my mom already doing it, I was like, let's just give it a shot. <laughs> It's, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to share that with family member, how much I would love if my mom did that never going to happen, but how much would I love that for my sister to do so to do that? It's doesn't happen very often. You're pretty lucky when it comes to that, because it's not very common. Yeah. I find. yeah, I am very thankful. Uh, not only that I have my mom to walk through the vegan journey, with me but also that she found this plant-based diet to help her health because she really she couldn't even get up and walk some days because she was just so inflamed and now we go on multiple mile-long hikes together and are very active and feel great so i'm so thankful for that it's a it's a great thing i hope I hope it, well, it seems to be catching on. I think they were saying uh, in the past two and a half years, almost three years, like from 2019 to 2021, it went from point, I think it was 0.5% of people considered themselves vegan to becoming 3.4% people wow. finding themselves vegan in a matter of a couple of years in the US. It's like an 875% increase, which is, 3.4 is still not a lot but growing almost yeah. nine times in the past of two years in the past well yeah in a span of two years is absolutely crazy when you think about it yeah and i mean i believe it i have people message me frequently who i'm really surprised to hear from that they're interested in a plant-based diet i actually have a family friend who recently like in the last couple of days contacted me she's a nurse and um she has a patient who switched to a plant-based diet and reversed his heart disease and she was just amazed by it and she reached out to me to to ask for some resources and more information so that was a surprise to me, she doesn't really seem like the type of person that might be interested in a plant-based diet, but, you know, she's a nurse and I'm glad that she's being open and aware to people's success with a plant-based diet. It's, um, it's always a good gateway for people to go through health. I know, I think it's yeah. from having thousands of conversation with people, I would say that 75 to 80% of people started that route it was really health they went through plant-based and then once plant-based they interacted with vegan people and they're like yeah i can't continue i i will do it for the animals not just for my health anymore i i have a friend i haven't spoken to her in something like 20 years and she reached out recently because i started posting on facebook again i had completely stopped because 
all the people that follows me are people from my fighting days. So there, I didn't talk about veganism. I really don't. Now it's all I do. Yeah. And she reached out once I saw that I was vegan. We started talking and she has a fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And I started doing research after we spoke as to her being vegan is out of the question. Like she doesn't see, but we had a small conversation and she's like, yeah, okay, maybe it's not that bad. And then I started doing some research this week and there is so many studies that are showing how good a vegan diet is for, or at least a plant-based diet is for fibromyalgia, that it can reverse most of the symptom, possibly not everything, but you could basically get rid of most of your medication by just changing your diet. Yeah, it's amazing. And I've seen it firsthand with my mom, which is amazing. Um, and my, both of my parents have been very health focused, um, their entire life and my entire life. They owned a gym as I was growing up. And, uh, I think that always kind of gave me a a health focused mindset. And, uh, I guess it was more the traditional, uh, sense my like my dad was a power lifter so you know chicken broccoli rice kind of a thing yeah <laughs> uh so i th- i think and and that's the way he still views nutrition now is like what he ate during his powerlifting days um and you know he's watched game changers i need to make him watch it again but uh being an athlete on a plant-based diet is totally possible. It's more than possible. It's more than possible. It's really, especially endurance wise, especially a guy like him that probably have so much impact on his joints, all the inflammation that you get from consuming meat. Game changer is great. They did a such a good job to not go for the vegan portion. They went for the athletics really showing you that it can some of the best athletes on the planet give it 10 years some of the best athletes on the planet will be vegan no question about it no absolutely especially endurance athletes Mm -hmm. i wish i had been vegan when i used to play soccer and volleyball uh but now i have a home gym that i've been growing this past year and i'm doing great making gains (laughs) i listen i'm 40 years old 210 pounds and i've been meat free for 12 years so there's no there's no excuses whatsoever in still eating thinking that you need meat to build on muscle not app you you can but you definitely don't need it definitely it's um we've been going for what about half an hour I got, um, before I let you go, I got a question for you. Um, if you had a chance to speak to your 14 year old self, what would you tell her? Oh, wow. Um, go vegan now, (laughs) uh, for sure. find your values and 
act in ways that support those values. Because I think from the time I was 14 to now, there were plenty of moments or decisions that I made where I knew my values, but I didn't act in alignment with those values. You didn't follow your heart, basically. Right. Yeah. And that led me down some some interesting paths for a while. <laughs> but thankfully, now I, I feel very in alignment uh, with my values and what I'm doing with my internships and what I'm doing in school and what I'm doing activism wise with my uh, UT Students Against Cruelty to Animals organization. So it, it's very nice to, to finally be in this place after learning those lessons. That's what life is all about. You're still young. You'll, you'll see as you grow up, you'll never stop making mistakes, unfortunately. You'll learn from them, but you'll make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. It happens. Um, thank you very much for doing this. It was really great speaking to you. Thanks again for pushing for the IVFF. I really believe in what they're doing. And it seems to me you have a bright future ahead of you. So continue trucking, I guess, is the expression. Thank you. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And if anyone is listening uh, and wants to follow the International Vegan Film Festival, they're at Vegan Film Fest. And I'm at Alyssa underscore Wallen. Sounds good to me. Thank you again for, for being here. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much.